This is Parked Up Plus, the place of pace for motor racing news thanks to Race Fuels. From supercars to club racing, Race Fuels keeps Australian motorsport moving, supplying premium products when and where racers need it. And fueling the latest news and views is Parked Up Plus. Coming up, Greg Murphy unleashed. Bathurst legend doesn't hold back on his return. Craig Lowndes explains why he's far from ready to retire. How the new look Ford Mustang will fit into Gen 3. Plus, the latest on Sandown and New Zealand supercars rounds and big moves in motorsport media. All this and more straight ahead on Parked Up Plus with Mark Fogarty. Hi there, race fans. Bathurst 1000 legend Greg Murphy has confirmed that his wildcard return will be his last appearance in the great race. Murphy is pairing with fellow Kiwi Richie Stanaway in a Boost Mobile-backed extra entry run by Erebus Motorsport. They tested at Winton last week, with two more runs to come before the Bathurst 1000 in early October. Murph is a Bathurst hero, winning the great race four times, plus his epic Lap of the Gods poll back in 2003. Speaking with Parked Up Plus, he's adamant that his return to Mount Panorama will be strictly a one-off. Absolutely. That's pretty definitive. Why so definitive? Well, I never intended to be doing this one. Well, that's, that's true as well. So why are you doing this one then? Um, I'm still actually questioning my sanity on it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, uh, I you know, got sort of corrupted by um, Peter Addison. And uh, at the end of the day, it was uh, the, to support Richie and Peter Addison's desire to get him back in a, in a car. And, and, you know, the, the way his career came to, a, you know, a grinding halt at the end of 2019 was, was not what anyone wanted. And, you know, Pete sort of feels a little bit um, responsible for that. Uh, being that he was supporting him in, in uh, a GRM that year. And, um, you know, he thought it would be, a, regardless of what happens from it, um, a, a cool way, an interesting way, and an um, enjoyable way to, to uh, you know, go to Bathurst. And, you know, he sort of uh, bribed and but he guilted me into um, going along for the journey. You say Peter Addison guilted you into it. But that's because he was one of your early backers, a long-time backer, and I guess you felt you owed him a, in inverted commas, debt. Yep, that's a good way of putting it, and fair enough. He actually, he's never been at a, um, a, a V8 Bathurst 1000 um, where I raced either. So, um, you know, he sort of uh, was, was, that was one of the other added you know, dot points, but you're right. I mean, he uh, he was a, a well. It could easily be the only reason, or well, the, the reason that I got a got a break in Australia. Well, he is the reason I got a break in Australia. So, um, you know, it, it's uh, there. You know, not that he wants to be paid back for that, but um, he did. Uh, you know, use that as a bit of a as persuasive argument at the time. Murph admits there are plenty of challenges about making his comeback at Bathurst at age 50. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's that's one challenge right there. But if, uh, if um, 
Russell Ingle can um, put it together and make it happen, then, um, you know, I shouldn't be trying to find a, find age as an excuse, should I? So um, uh, the challenges uh, are just, you know, trying to get your your mental side back into that that space. Um, you know, I've I slipped away from from that um, that professional kind of pressure cooker environment and was was pretty happy with that that I had. And and um, um, any motorsport that I've done since then has has been for for very different reasons. And um, you know, not not with that uh, that professional pressure. Um, on my shoulders and I've, I've enjoyed that. Um, so, you know, you, you, you've got to start to um, remember what it's like and start thinking again, like a, a professional driver. I mean, we, I don't have an expectation obviously on a, you know, thinking that we're going there with, with um, um, any realistic, uh, you know, result, but you've still got to give it um, everything you can to, to ensure that you, you know, you don't, um, don't waste it and um, don't, um, um, yeah, well, just don't leave any stone unturned to be as good as you can possibly be so that you, you don't have any regrets at the end of it. And that's, that's the challenge. That's the hard part is, um, is getting back into, into that zone and into that, that frame of mind. And, and then on top of that, adapting in to, the, to the nuances of a, of a you know, 2022 version of a supercar which you know from Wednesday um, is everything I was told it would be and um, the challenges that I'm finding are ones that I um, you know was made aware of and and what people explain the differences you know to to what the cars are now to what I I probably last experienced in in a um, you know in a full-on blown kind of attack um, which was 2014. Even so, with his Mount Panorama pedigree, surely Murph, alongside Stanaway, likes his chances of getting on the podium. Uh, no, I don't. I don't. I don't see. Um, I don't see that as being realistic. Um, I, you know, and and it, I see that. Uh, yeah, um, I mean, the limiting factor will be will be me for sure for the for the for the wild card. So. Um, you know, I don't, I, I think expecting that, um, you know, I can, I can be, I can run, um, with, you know, a lot of these very, very talented co-drivers, um, at, at, at that pace, at the pace that they are capable of running at is going to be a stretch. So, you know, that, that, that sort of, um, probably holds us back a little bit in respect of what the workload that he's going to have to do. Um, I, I, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing how he goes in qualifying and what he's capable of doing with that car. Um, you know, I'm excited to actually see that. Um, but, you know, hey, listen, you know, anything's possible. I mean, the, the way the race un, unravels, you know, we've seen very, very fast cars, fast drivers um, have things unravel out of their control, which, you know, really stymies their... Um, you know, their, their chances at, at winning that race. And you've seen others um, benefit from situations which has given them the chance to, to shine as well. So, I, I, you know, I just, I'm not thinking about what we could or, or, or you know, what we could possibly achieve. Um, we're just going to have to play that by ear and, and, um, and see, what, see what happens. But, um, you know, I'm, 
I'm not, uh, you know, going to start talking my myself up as far as uh, speed or performance, regardless of what I've done there in the past. And, you know, I'm going to reference it again. It was eight years ago that I drove there in a professional capacity. And the last three years of my, my Bathurst um, experience um, all were very, very uh, disappointing. Um, and some, some, some parts of that were completely down to me and some parts of that was down to um, car performance as well. So, you know, um, I don't have, I don't have a, a lot of late um, experiences at, at Bathurst that um, I can draw on um, that uh, inspire me, to be honest. The other big name wildcard entry at Bathurst is fan favourite Craig Lowndes, partnered in Triple Eight's third super cheap auto back car by Rookland Declan Fraser. Lowndes has another year on his contract as a co-driver and as he tells Parked Up Plus, he hopes to continue at Bathurst beyond 2023. Uh, well, that's a good question. I think that when I first started, you know, looking back on, you know, Jimmy Richards, even John Bow, a lot of those guys that I looked up to when I first got involved, um, I think it comes down to a couple of things. I think the main one being fast enough and, and not just circulating just for the sake of circulating and making up the numbers, but also uh, the enjoyment of still being inside a race car and, and being at a place like Bathurst. So for me, uh, it's this year and next year, that's guaranteed. And then, of course, we look to beyond that, hopefully. Uh, but I think these next couple of years will be a telling factor about how much further or if, if in fact, um, we go beyond in the next year. Despite his lack of recent racing, Lowndes expects that he and Declan Fraser will be contenders come October. Oh, absolutely. In my, in my view, in my eyes, yeah, definitely a podium is 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 the the, the aim. Um, what part of that step that we'll be on, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, definitely. I think that uh, if we can go into the weekend like I've always done, and you know, there's no secret. If you look at my history of it, I, I never want to be on pole position, or I've never wanted to run at the front of the race early parts of the race, uh, but come sort of midday later in the race you want to sort of migrate yourself forward and i think strategy i love that why i love that because it, it's it's everything that it's a strategy it's, it's a bit of luck but it's the teamwork it's everything that goes on during the day the attrition rate like i've been there with fast cars and not been on the podium and i've been there with slow cars and and won the race so it's it, for me it's, it's all about the, the day and and seeing what the, the weather pattern does, knowing how the track's going to evolve over the day. And, you know, and, and for me, I think that that's the challenges that I hopefully can, can bring with the experiences and everything else that we've done over the years. But yeah, look, I'm, I'm dead keen on, on being on the podium. The Bathurst 1000 will be new Triple Eight team boss Jamie Wincup's debut as a co-driver. According to Lowndes, his former all-conquering teammate has adapted well to his new role? Uh, good question. I, my observation of Jamie from a driver, obviously, you know, his results stand for themselves. As transitioning into a business owner management role, I think he's done a, a good job. Um, he's inherited a race team that's winning. So on the face of it, it's continued to win, which I think that is 
you know, credit for him to be able to keep that momentum going. Uh, I think he's learning a lot. There's no doubt that as a personality, you're always going to put a little bit of a stamp on what the ways that you would like to run the team and everything else. But from what I've seen, everyone in there is still happy. Uh, everyone's still focused on, on the goals. And, uh, you know, time will tell. I think that really next year when we go to the Gen 3 car, that's when, you know, we all transition into a brand new car. There's no history. There's no data. There's nothing to, to back up on. Uh, I think that you know, every team, will, that'll be the telling factor of which team down pit lane get hold of the Gen 3 car and, and make it work properly. Hear the full interview with Craig Lowndes on Parked Up on Thursday. Still to come, supercars set to confirm New Zealand's return to the series and also the wash-up from the Gen 3 aero test. More after this short break. Racing cars need racing fuel, and Race Fuels is the best, most convenient way to power through your next meeting. Our famous Elf Race 102 is the control fuel of choice for the Touring Car Masters. It's available at the Bowsers, at Sydney Motorsport Park and the Bend, and it's available in drums at Winton. Imported direct from France, Elf Race 102 is affordable horsepower. For more details, head to racefuels.com.au. You're listening to Parked Up Plus. Welcome back. As we forecast last week, supercars Sandown Round in August and a return to New Zealand in September are set to go ahead. Confirmation is imminent, probably during the broadcast of this weekend's Darwin Triple Crown. Supercars is sticking with its 13 event schedule because Auckland's Tourist Authority has agreed to help cover the big increase in freight costs to get the field back to Pukekohe after two years away. The deal secures the Sandown round, which was in doubt because of the logistics of getting across the Tasman and back in time for the Bathurst 1000. Also set to be officially confirmed after Darwin is the Adelaide 500's return as the season finale in early December. The Adelaide 500 is still not listed on the official calendar, but the deal is close to being formalized with a signed multi-year contract. Gen 3 testing resumed late last week with a mini VCAT aero straight line test at Toowoomba's Wellcamp Airport. VCAT stands for Vehicle Controlled Aerodynamic Testing. It measures downforce and air drag in coast down tests from 200 kilometers per hour. Now, matching the aero figures of the Gen 3 Chevrolet Camaro and Ford Mustang prototypes is key to maintaining close racing with the new low downforced next-gen cars. Supercars head of motorsport Adrian Burgess reports that the trial run's results at a windy well camp correlated with computer design predictions. So, so far this week, we're, we're very much encouraged um, with where the two cars are. They're in different configurations, so we expect that, but the numbers are equally backing that up. So at the moment we're seeing good correlation between real-life numbers and what we've been working with in CFD, which gives us confidence that we're on the right track. And when we get to, to the real VCAT, hopefully the process will be, will be short and easy because we already know the cars are very close together in terms of their performance. So it's a, quite a long process. It's you know 12 degrees here, it was 2 degrees here at 6, 7 o'clock this morning when we got here. We're in a new facility for us, we're at Wellcamp. The guys here have been amazing, they've been very hospitable. We've got the whole taxiway, which is 1.7 kilometres, just for our use. 
Um, it's incredibly smooth. It's probably one of the smoothest runways that we've used. So that is helping the data. The data that we get through from the active suspension and the load cells is, is the signal we get is much cleaner. So that means the data is more repeatable and it's more accurate. So the, the information we're getting back from the car has been, has been good. Uh, we're very happy with that. It was only a preliminary test, though as the Mustang will be rebodied with the shape of the new seventh generation model to be unveiled later this year. Burgess explained the next stage in Gen 3 testing. We'll turn our attention after this back into track running, so we should be in Townsville, uh, the Bend and Sandown, which will be great for our race fans. We've got some more mods coming into the cars. We've got a different front suspension. Um, all these things are what you do in the process of you know, you design a new car, but then you need to put it through its paces. You need to test it, validate it, and improve a few things. So, as we said six months ago, it's going to be a busy year. It is a busy year. On the plus side, teams are now getting more information. They're starting to build parts. They've got all the rear suspension. They've got lots of other parts of the car that they're out there ordering from suppliers or making themselves. So, in general, I think we're gaining some good momentum. It's been a good couple of days. Um, yeah, we're looking forward to producing two cars later in the year that are evenly matched, give the fans what they want, which is a good technically paratised car, and then it's down to the driver and the engineer. The word around the traps is that the Gen 3 Mustang prototype generates a lot more straight-line drag than the Camaro. Now, that'll be addressed with the new look, although still familiar shape, with Burgess adamant that technical parity with the Camaro will be achieved. This isn't about one set of fans or another set of fans. It's not about one manufacturer or another. This is about making sure they are both the same. Our series is built on technical parity, and it always has been, always will be. And then it's down to the sporting parity. We don't, we don't want to govern sporting parity. We can't. If a driver or an engineer or a team is doing a better job than the next guy, then they deserve to win. But everybody needs to be given the same piece of equipment and have the same ability and the same opportunity and Gen 3 is going to deliver that we've got control suspension we've got everything is controlled with this car so as long as supercars gets the aero parity and the engine parity right which I know we will we've we've shown we can and everybody will have the same widget so the guy who's 24th on the grid they need to have a good hard chat with themselves because they will have exactly the same car and exactly the same opportunity as the guy who's on pole. So that's, uh, that's the process we're working through. That's what we're going to deliver to the pit lane and uh, I think it'll be exciting racing. Uh, the car's got a lot, lot less downforce when we've been here this week. It, we, we knew it had less already in CFD and obviously the results here are showing us that significantly less so the car is going to move around a bit more it's going to be a little bit more lively to drive and to watch than the current car so i think the racing will be exciting so it's, i can't wait to get there teams are still not happy with gen 3 development delays and cost blowouts but deliveries of the common chassis and major control components are not far away chassis production is starting to ramp up pace innovations is supplying the mustang platforms while production of Camaro chassis will be split between Triple and WAU, which we understand will supply Erebus and BJR. Back after this brief message. Hey there, race fans. We think Parked Up is great, but if you need a change of pace and tone, tune into the Girls on the Grid podcast with Priya Richards and Tanea McLeod. It's all motorsport, but spoken from a female point of view. Girls on the Grid, every Monday on all your favourite podcast platforms. You're listening to Parked Up Plus.
Big changes in the motor racing media landscape. Website speedcafe.com, the go-to place for daily motorsport news, looks set to change ownership and is losing its main news person. Auto Action Magazine has also been hit by the media churn and there's an addition to the parked up stable of podcasts. Founded more than a decade ago, majority ownership of Speed Cafe is in play with founder Brett Crusher Murray confirming he is in negotiations to sell. Informed speculation is that the prospective buyer is another Gold Coast entrepreneur, Carl Begg, owner of motorsportsales.com. Begg is also an active racer competing in production cars and TA2. I can confirm that negotiations are happening, but nothing has been decided, Murray told Parked Up Plus. Sources say Crusher Murray will retain a stake in Speed Cafe and continue to oversee the multi-award winning website. In any event, he's on the lookout for at least one key staff replacement as Simon Chapman gets set to move on. Expat Kiwi Chapman is joining Nine's Wide World of Sports website to cover the Speed Series, which is shown on Nine's Stan Sports streaming service. At Auto Action, promising staff journalist Josh Nevitt is leaving to finish his university studies. Also exiting is veteran motoring and motorsport journalist Paul Gover, the magazine's lead writer. Gover is joining motoring website drive.com.au in a full-time role as an automotive expert. His replacement at Auto Action is journeyman journalist and author Andrew Clark. Also at AA, respected auto writer and former twice editor Bruce Newton has rejoined to run the magazine's performance road car coverage. And closer to home, Network R, the producer of this podcast, has started a show dedicated to national level competition. Presented by Napa Auto Parts, Grassroots Racing is fronted by national and club racing gurus, Gary O'Brien and Darren Smith. It's your insight into everything not supercars on the local scene, brought to you by the off-Broadway experts. Grassroots Racing joins the original Parked Up, Girls on the Grid, and this podcast on the Network R platform. It was another big weekend of racing overseas, headlined by the Le Mans 24 Hours. With his wrap-up of the Aussies in action, here's Grant Rowley. The Le Mans 24 Hour was dominated by Toyota Gazoo Racing. It was Toyota's fifth consecutive victory in the twice-around-the-clock endurance race, with New Zealander Brendan Hartley, Sebastian Buemi, and Rio Hiraquara taking the spoils. Toyota was largely untroubled on its way to a crushing win, with the only threat coming from its sister car, which took second place after an electrical drama at the 16-hour mark. Third place went to the Glickenhaus 007 LMH of Australian Ryan Briscoe, Richard Westbrook and Frank Milau, which ended up five laps down. In Formula One, it was all Red Bull Racing's Max Verstappen who claimed the win in Baku at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. The reigning world champion was too good for pole sitter Charles Leclerc, who succumbed to engine failure in the early stages, and teammate Sergio Perez, who ultimately finished second. Mercedes driver George Russell was third. Australian Daniel Ricciardo was a strong seventh at the line, defeating his McLaren teammate Lando Norris after some confusing team tactics at the end of the race. 
In IndyCar, Team Penske's Joseph Newgarten won a stop-start Road America race, culminating in a three-lap dash to the checker. Newgarten defeated Indy 500 winner Marcus Ericsson, while pole sitter Alexander Rossi finished third. For the Australasian contingent, Scott McLaughlin took seventh, Scott Dixon was ninth, and McLaughlin's Penske teammate Will Power was a lowly 19th after an incident. In NASCAR, Mexican Daniel Suarez secured his maiden Cup Series win, joining Australian Marcus Ambrose as one of only five non-American winners at the top level of NASCAR racing. Closer to home in the sands of the Tats Fink Desert Rally, fan favourite Toby Price won the four-wheel division, while David Walsh took a third straight bikes victory. Also on home soil, the third round of the Promax TA2 Muscle Car Series was run and won at Winton over the weekend, with third-generation racer Jet Johnson claiming the overall win, securing three of the four race victories in his Napa Auto Parts Mustang. Cole Girton also secured a win. That's the racing from home and abroad. My name is Grant Rowley, and you are listening to Parked Up Plus. Finally, we sadly report the death of Tim Pemberton, one of the great characters of Australian motorsport over the past 50 years. Nicknamed Plastic, he was the man who put Peter Brock and Holden's racing exploits on the media map. Pemberton was an old school publicist whose promotions helped keep touring car racing in the news during its heydays from the 1970s well into the early 2000s. Famously, Plastic made Brock a media star and household name and then orchestrated Holden's crushing, one of his favourite terms, of Ford in the publicity stakes at the height of the red versus blue supercars rivalry. As well as being a supreme spin doctor, Pemberton was a raconteur extraordinaire with a dry, often lacerating wit. The height of lowness was among his many withering turns of phrase. To his family and close friends, we offer our deepest condolences. Barley Tim, Plastic Pemberton. On a brighter note, two supercars team owners were acknowledged in the Queen's birthday honours. Erebus Motorsports' Betty Clemenko and DJR's Dr Ryan Storey were made members of the Order of Australia. Clemenko received her AM gong for services to motorsport and charity. Storey was recognised for his services to motorsport and the community. Both are great benefactors and big congratulations to them both. Well, that's it for now. Back this time next week with the latest news and views on what's happening in motorsport. In the meantime, tune in to Parked Up with Grant Rowley and another special guest on Thursday for more discussion and debate on local and international racing. I'm Mark Fogarty. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to another Network R production. 